0: section thirty five of yiddish tales this librivox recording is in the public domain yiddish tales translated by helena frank and read by adrian pretzelis section thirty five reader's note in this story the boys speak of having no monday this is a reference to their monday essen or eating day the custom by which poor Yeshiva students who lived away from home arranged to be fed by a different family each night of the week. End of my reader's note. The Two Brothers by Abraham Raisin. It is three months since Yankel and Beryl, two brothers, the first fourteen years old, the second sixteen, have been at the college that stands in the town of X five German miles from their birthplace, Dallas-Kovka, after which they are called the Dallas-Kovkas. Yankel is a slight pale boy with black eyes that peep slyly from beneath the two black eyebrows. Beryl is taller and stouter than Yankel. his eyes are lighter, and his glance is more defiant as though he would say, Let me alone, I shall laugh at you all yet. The two brothers lodged with a poor relation, a widow, a dealer in second-hand goods, who never came home till late at night. The two brothers had no bed, but a chest which was broad enough served instead, and the brothers slept sweetly on it, covered with their own torn clothes. And in their dreams they saw their native place, the little street their home their father with his long beard and dim eyes and bent back, and their mother with her long pale melancholy face, and they heard the little brothers and sisters quarrelling as they fought over a bit of herring, and they dreamt other dreams of home, and early in the morning they were homesick, and then they used to run to the Dalaskovka Inn and ask the carrier there if there were a letter from them from home. The dallas carriers were good Jews with soft hearts, and they were sorry for the two poor boys who were so anxious for news from home, whose eyes burned and whose hearts beat so fast, so loud. But the carriers were very busy. They came charged with a thousand messages from the dallas shopkeepers and traders, and they carried more letters than the post but with infinitely less method letters were lost and parcels were heard of no more and the distracted carriers scratched the nape of their neck and replied to every question directly directly i shall find it directly no i don't seem to have anything for you that is how they answered the grown people who came to them But our two little brothers stood and looked at Lazer the carrier, a man in a wadded kaftan, summer and winter, with thirsty eyes and aching hearts, stood and waited, hoping he would notice them and say something, if only one word. But Lazer was always busy, now he had gone into the yard to feed the horse now he had run into the inn and entered into a conversation with the clerk of a great store who had brought a list wanted from a shop in Dallaskovka. and the brothers used to stand and stand till the elder one beryl lost patience biting his lips and all but crying with vexation he would just articulate reb laser is there a letter from father but Reb Lazer would either suddenly cease to exist, or run out into the street with somebody or other, or be absorbed in a conversation, and Beryl hardly expected the answer which Reb Lazer would give over his shoulder. There isn't one, there isn't one. There isn't one, Beryl would say with a deep sigh, and sadly call to Yankil to come away mournfully and with a broken spirit they went to where the day's meal awaited them i'm sure he loses the letters yankel would say a few minutes later as they walked home he is a bad man beryl would mutter with vexation but one day lezer handed them a letter and a small parcel the letter ran thus dear children Be good boys, and learn with diligence. We send you herewith half a cheese and a quarter of a pound of sugar, and a little berry-juice in a bottle. Eat it in good health, and do not quarrel over it. From me, your father Chaim Hecht." That day Lezer the Carrier was the best man in the world in their eyes. They would not have been ashamed to eat him up with horse and cart for very love. They wrote an answer at once. For letter paper they used to tear out with fluttering hearts the first unprinted pages in the Gomorrah, and gave it that evening to Lazer the carrier. Lazer took it coldly, pushed it into the breast of his coat, and muttered something like all right. What did he say, Beryl? asked Yankel, anxiously. I think he said all right, Beryl answered doubtfully. I think he said so too, Yankel persuaded himself. Then he gave a sigh and added fearfully he may lose the letter. Bite your tongue out, answered Beryl, angrily, and they went sadly away to supper. And three times a week, early in the morning, when Lazer the Carrier came driving, the two brothers flew, not ran, to the Dallas Kafka Inn to ask for an answer to their letter. And Lazer the Carrier grew more preoccupied and cross, and answered either with mumbled words, which the brothers could not understand and dared not ask him to repeat, or else not at all so that they went away with heavy hearts but one day they heard lezer the carrier speak distinctly so that they understood quite well what are you doing here you two what do you come plaguing me for letter fiddlesticks how much do you pay me am i a postman eh be off with you and don't worry the boys obeyed but only in part their hearts were like lead, their thin little legs shook, and tears fell from their eyes onto the ground, and they went no more to Lazer the carrier to ask for a letter. I wish he was dead and buried, they exclaimed, but they did not mean it, and they longed all the time just to go and look at Lazer the carrier, his horse and cart. After all, they came from dallas and the two brothers loved them. One day, two or three weeks after the carrier sent them about their business in the way described, the two brothers were sitting in the house of the poor relation and talking about home. It was summer-time and a Friday afternoon. "'I wonder what father is doing now?' said Yankel, staring at the small panes in the small window he must be cutting his nails answered beryl with a melancholy smile he must be chopping up lamb's feet imagined yankel and mother is combing chanelah and chanelah is crying now we've talked nonsense enough decided beryl how can we know what is going on there perhaps somebody's dead added yankel in sudden terror stuff and nonsense said beryl when people die they let one know perhaps they wrote and the carrier won't give us the letter ay that's chatter enough beryl was quite cross shut up donkey you make me laugh and he went on to reassure yankel they're all alive and well yankel became cheerful again and all at once he gave a bound into the air and exclaimed with eager eyes, Beryl, what do I say? Let's write by the post. Right you are, agreed Beryl, only I've no money. I have four kopecks. They are over from the ten I got last night. You know, at my Thursday they give me ten kopecks for supper, and I have four over. And I have one kopeck said beryl just enough for a postcard but which of us will write it asked yankel i answered beryl i am the eldest i'm a first-born son but i gave four kopecks a first-born is worth more than four kopecks no i will write half and you'll write half huh "Mm, very well Come and buy a card. And the two brothers ran to buy a card at the post office. There will be no room for anything, complained Yankel on the way home as he contemplated the small postcard. We will make tiny little letters, teeny weeny ones, advised Beryl. Father won't be able to read them. Never mind, he will put on his spectacles come along quicker urged yankel his heart was already full of words like a sea and he wanted to pour it out into the bit of paper the scrap on which he had spent his entire fortune they reached their lodging and settled down to write beryl began and yankel stood and looked on begin higher up there's room there for a whole line why did you put to my beloved father so low down, shrieked Yankel, where am I to put it then, in the sky? hm asked Beryl, and pushed Yankel aside, go away, I will leave you half. Don't confuse me. you be quiet, and Yankel moved away and stared with terrified eyes at Beryl as he sat there, bent double and wrote and wrote. Knitted his brows and dipped the pen, and reflected, and wrote again. That's enough screamed Yankel after a few minutes. It's not the half yet, answered Beryl, writing on. But I ought to have more than half, said Yankel crossly. The longing to write, to pour his heart out onto the postcard was overwhelming him but Beryl did not even hear he had launched out into such rhetorical hebrew expressions as first of all i let you know that i am alive and well which he had learned in the perfect letter writer and his little bit of news remained unwritten he had yet to abuse laser the carrier to tell how many pages of the gomorrah he had learnt to let them know that they were to send another parcel because they had no Monday, and no Wednesday, and the Tuesday was no better than nothing. And Beryl writes and writes, and Yankel can no longer contain himself. He sees that Beryl is taking up more than half the card. Enough! He ran forward with a cry and seized the penholder. Three words more, begged Beryl. But remember no more than three, and Yankel's eyes flashed. Beryl set to work to write the three words, but that which he wished to express required yet ten to fifteen words and Beryl excited by the fact of writing, pecked away at the paper and took up yet another bit of the other half. You stop shrieked Yankel and broke into hysterical sobs as he saw what a small space remained for him just from me thy son begged beryl nothing else but Yankel, remembering that he had given a whole verrier toward the postcard and that they would read so much of beryl at home and so little of him fled into a passion and came and tried to tear away the card from under beryl's hands let me put from me thy son implored beryl it will do without from me thy son screamed yankel although he felt one ought to put it his anger rose and he began tugging at the card beryl held tight but yankel gave such a pull That the card tore in two. What have you done, villain? cried Beryl, glaring at Yankel. I meant to do it, wailed Yankel. Oh, but why did you? cried Beryl, gazing in despair at the two torn halves of the postcard. But Yankel could not answer. The tears choked him. And he threw himself against the wall, tearing his hair. Then Beryl gave way too and the little room resounded with lamentations. End of the two brothers by Abraham. Raisin